Hello and welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find this week's sermon. Hello, good morning. Um, I hope you're all doing really well. It's really fun to be um, speaking in person and have it on... uh, Sorry, I'll look at the camera. (laughs) Um, To be speaking in person and have it on the live stream. Um, I did kind of realise after I agreed to do it in person and not pre-recorded that I'm not much of a public speaker normally and after a year of not socialising with anyone, like this is a a big step, so um, it might all go wrong. It'll be fun. Um, Yeah, it's also really exciting to be here for this because it is a big deal, like it's our first 10am service back in person. Um, But I did remember that I also kicked off this year um, speaking, so that was really exciting as well. So it feels like all these big steps are happening, which is exciting. So our passage for today, have we got the reading that Sean did? Which is John 15, 9-17. Today's Bible reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses 9-17. to As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, uh, the father will give to you. This is my command, love each other. Amazing. Are we back to me? Lovely. Lucky you. Um, Thank you, Sean, for reading that. Um, So I've split it up into kind of three different sections to try and make it probably just easier in my head. Um, So we're going to read the first, so we're going to go through the first two verses first, verse 9 to 11, if you've got your Bibles out. Um, So the first thing that struck me was, now remain in my love. Jesus loves us, and he passes his love to us as the Father loved him. I was trying to visualize this and trying to figure out what it is to remain in his love. It's like he's kind of passing this love down from his Father to him to us. Um, And to me, that kind of seemed a bit like a relay race, but a baton's a pretty rubbish example of love, um, and you can't remain in that love. Um, And I don't know how much you guys connect to the love languages, um, but mine is words of affirmation and touch, which is very funny because I don't react well to either of them if you see me react. So um, I will love it internally and react very awkwardly outwardly. Um, But uh, it's helpful to see those as forms of love. So the way that I like to imagine it was a massive hug. So God has passed this hug to Jesus and we're brought into that hug. And we can stay in that for as long as we choose. Jesus isn't going to let us go. It's all about our decision to stay there. If it's up to him, that hug would never end. So as we carry on, we're going to keep that image a little bit. Um, So if we follow the commands that are laid out for us, we get to stay in this hug forever. We get to stay there maybe forever. 
Um, I used to kind of struggle with the idea of commands and all these rules in the Bible until I broke it down a little bit and realized that they're just boundaries to help us have the best relationship possible. Um, with our friends and families, we'll have boundaries that might be spoken or might just be learned as we go through life. Um, but we know that these boundaries help us to relate better to these people. And it's the same with God. These commands help us to bring out the best of this hug, help us to remain in his love. And again, as the verses continue, uh, these boundaries and this remaining gives us endless opportunities to find joy in Jesus. Not only do we find joy, but our joy is complete. It's not just a temporary solve, this small dose of dopamine for a few seconds to save our bad mood. This hug and this love, it completes our joy. Imagine living in a complete joy. We're going to go to the next couple of verses, verse 12 to 15. So Jesus has given us an opportunity. He has showered us and smothered us in his love for us to find this complete joy. He offers, offers us a beneficial way, uh, a benef sorry. He offers us a way to beneficially use this overflowing, entirely complete joy. And if we remain with Jesus, our joy will never run dry. So we might as well share this joy and allow it to overflow into our neighbors' lives. Um, across the past few months, since about January, um, through doing BCM and this rule of life session and in different uh, talks and podcasts and stuff, I've had the passage just before this come up a lot. And I really found it helpful kind of going into that and then reading this one. Um, so I'm going to share a few insights into the little passage before just to sneak it in there. Um, so if you haven't read it, it is uh, called, let's find it on here, uh, called The Vine and the Branches. And it's really powerful. So in the first section of that, it brings God in as the gardener who prunes away our dead branches and tactically cuts us down, refining us so that bran the branches we grow bring life more prominently than before. Um, as someone who wants to be involved in everything and has uh, low-key FOMO, which is fear of missing out, um, it's a bit of a challenge to really cut down and not spread myself so thin across everything, but to actively give 100% into a few things that I can do really well. Um, I don't pride myself on being a gardener. Uh, there's a reason that I only keep like aloe vera and uh, low attention needing plants. Um, but one of these things that I learned from this, uh, from all these reflections, was that pruning isn't about cutting away dead twigs, but it's about cutting away some new, fully grown branches of the plant. And these are the ones with loads of leaves, but they don't actually have a lot of flower. In their first growth, they produce life and clearly so excited about it, but all they create is leaf. And the gardener comes along, prunes away the leaf and the useless twig, and then in the next season of growth, it can bring actual fruit. This seemed uh, strange to me to cut away nice new branches, but it's really relevant in our faith. We often get these new signs of life, this excitement for something new and a new opportunity, new ways to connect, but that isn't our purpose or our center. We need this growth and excitement and experience to prove that we have the ability to grow. And then once that season is over, it's chopped back. And our next season, when we grow again, we have a chance not only to see a few leaves, but actually to bring fruit in our growth. Leaves are great. They're a sign of life and growth and development, but no one needs the leaves. They serve no purpose beyond that season. But once the fruit comes through, the fruit brings more life. It provides nutrients and goodness to whoever eats it. It sustains and is a facilitator of life. Leaves are our sign of life, but it's the fruit that brings life to others. In the second section of that small passage, um, it brings God in as the vine. He is our root and our starting point, our connection and our feeder. Without the vine, we can't grow. 
We're designed to be branches. We aren't even, aren't designed to be branches alone. Um, but there's, hello. <laughs> um, but with gardening, if there's no roots, there's no shoots. Um, one discussion I heard broke this in beautifully for me, that as a branch, you can't be outward looking. The, the branch doesn't focus on its growing fruit. It needs to focus on the root, on the branch that is always stronger and attached at the trunk. As Christians, we can't blindly spend our time looking at this growth and our fruit and what we're producing, because if we keep, uh, we need to keep our eyes on our provider, which is our starting point, our vine and the growth, and the fruit of all of that is inevitable. When we stay vine-focused, we give him space to use us to grow by keeping that foundation and that bond between the vine and the branch as the strong point. Uh, this chunk of passage we're looking at today uh, leads beautifully from that vine passage because it's telling us how we live in this love of God to produce fruit, to produce a joy for life. We are made to bring fruit and joy to, and life to the people around us. It's absolutely important. Oh. Yeah, it's absolutely important and valuable, but our root has to be Christ. We have to focus our efforts on him with the gardener and the vine as our source of life and joy so that we are creating good fruit and full nutrients. The fruit may differ vine to vine, person to person, but our purpose and our center is the same. We are loved equally by the same God, by the same Jesus, with the same truth and the same word. Growth springs at different times in our lives, but when we remain focused on him and his love for us, we build this friendship and relationship with him that is unbreakable and absolutely world-changing. We're on to our last little section of the passage, verses 16 and 17, uh, which says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. We've broken into this growing and bearing fruit just now, but I love this image of God choosing us. Branches don't choose their vines or trees. The vines build and grow them themselves. God isn't blindly magicking fruit wherever it happens. It's a conscious decision for you to bring the growth that you do. He has decisively allocated you to be the person that you are, to be the friend that you are and grow the fruit that you grow. None of it was an accident. All those small coincidences are God working through your life and providing you with exactly what you need to grow in the way that you have. There's something very powerful about love. Um, and in this verse, it's summed up in a way that I love. And if you watch the Valentine's Day video um, that I put together for the service, uh, Jenny Beavers Lacey said something incredible um, along, uh, that as I was editing the video together, it just made me smile every time. Uh, she said that love is a feeling inside, but also a decision that you make. And right here, it says exactly the same, that God chose us. He made that decision, and absolutely not lightly. Uh, he chose... Uh, he chose us whether we choose him or not. He chose us and then he appointed us. The decision to love us came before his decision for our purpose and good works. Um, over the last year, I've been on a bit of a probably very unnoticeable journey of trying to consciously love people better. Uh, we have a world that believes that everything in our lives should serve us and have its purpose for us. But then where does the service come from? If I'm choosing friends who are only serving me and only letting people in who are serving me, what happens to them when they need support? What happens when their life gets hard and they can't serve me in the way that I want to be served? I have to make the decision to choose them as my friends, to live, them, uh, to live servant-heartedly for them too, and to love them the way that God loves us. 
I'm not always very good at it, but it helps to have a little more compassion and soften my heart when I find people drifting away and it's a little bit difficult to love them. Uh, recently, I was out with a couple of friends and I witnessed the moment that really made this choice to love people uh, really clear in my head. So these two friends of mine were date uh, are dating currently um, and I was third wheeling, which is nothing new, really. <laughs> um, but uh, we were sat around and we were listening to some music and my friend started singing along. <laughs> uh, and uh, she is, um, I'm going to dob her in here, she's not a great singer. She was singing quite out of tune. Um, but I noticed that her boyfriend's reaction was very plain. He didn't really react at all. And in that moment, I just noticed that he chose to love her despite her flaws. That despite the fact she can't sing well, <laughs> despite the fact that she's not perfect, that she exposed herself and she was very freely just singing along because it made her happy, she was loved anyway. I realise that I often try and cover up my flaws with people. I've gone through life very aware of the fact that I don't like people hearing me sing out of tune and hearing me sing today on that screen has not, not been good. Um, but I'm very conscious of the fact that I don't like people seeing that side of me. But she had no fear, no judgement um, from him and she just went for it because they'd chosen each other. So if these two very strange kids can love each other that relentlessly, and if all you married folk out there know what it's like to choose someone that relentlessly, imagine how much more powerfully God loves us. Imagine how much more he's choosing us because he's perfect. He won't flinch at our flaws. He won't second guess if he's put too much time into this person who isn't worth it. He chose you anyway. He chose you when you sing bad. He chose you when you say the wrong thing. He chose you when you made that mistake. He chose you on the wrong path. He chose you when you embarrassed yourself down the street. He chose you when you didn't know his name. He chose you anyway, and he will not stop choosing you whether you choose him or not. He chose you and offers to give you everything you need in his name. Anything and everything can be yours when we choose to love each other. So I want to encourage you today uh, to focus yourself on your root to notice and embrace his love and let him complete your joy. I want to encourage you to pass your joy to others, to be so encompassed by him that there's no other way to live but to live in his joy and share it. I want to encourage you to focus on his vine holding you and let the fruit grow naturally, to let him prune away the excess leaves and give you the space you need to grow fruit even when it's painful. And I want to encourage you to choose him relentlessly, wherever that leads you. Um, I'm just going to pray before we finish. Father God, thank you that you choose us and that you continue to choose us in every single moment. That from the moment you created us, we were chosen to be loved regardless of our achievements and gains or purpose. Thank you that you demonstrate such a relentless love and want to embrace us and make it so easy for us to be welcomed into you. In Jesus' name.